We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the corner. Episode of the corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know, me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors. By now, you know, Kel Dansby here with Andreas Hale. For the first time, you can see us. This is kind of weird. It's kind of crazy. If you guys don't know, check us out on YouTube. It'll be up and rocking. We have video access now, and you can see me say all my inspirational stuff while Andres puts me down in original old man Andres fashion. It's going to happen a couple times this episode. Yeah, I'm going to move around. (laughs) He's walking through the crib with the video. This changes everything right now in the podcast. Game changer. Um, So, but we have stuff to talk about this week. And we're coming off of Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, one of the biggest fights 
in combat sports history. We were both there. Andreas was fancy. He had the little table seating. He could sit his laptop on it. He had a charger. I had to write from my lap in my seat looking across. You know, I, I still don't get those perks, man. They, hey, what can I say? Yeah, they always put him in the fancy spots. Good fight, though. It was fun. We had Shake Shack. Shout out to everyone who dropped their vouchers on the floor or the extra ones that I got. We ended up with like $60 worth of free food in the T-Mobile. So we ate like kings. Um, the, the fight was great. We'll talk about and touch on the exact stuff that happened in a fight. But first, we have to talk about the ambiance around it, the atmosphere, the stuff people don't get to see. Vegas during fight week. Dre, explain it to the people. I mean, it's uh, unlike anything else. I mean, I, if you grew up through the Mike Tyson era and saw what that was, the Floyd Mayweather era was just something um, that was kind of like an offshoot. It, it, it continued that. It's, it's for the culture. And, uh, yeah, it was like St. Patrick's Day met Freak Nick, and they would, it was just wild. Guinness and Hennessy, Jerry Curl Juice, and, uh, and four-leaf clovers flying around everywhere. I know that sounded racist. But, um <laughs> It's what it was, man. I mean, it's it's like a festival. I mean, everything building up to it. You had the big three. Cardi B performed everywhere. Um, I mean, there was, you know, everybody was in town from Chance the Rapper and 50 Cent, Ice Cube, obviously, for the big three. Celebrities. Uh, dude, it, it's... LeBron was, was here. Yeah, everybody. LeBron was there. It was a, it's a big deal. Uh, Vegas during a Mayweather fight week is a very big deal. And uh, it's the end of an era because now that he's gone... There's no other black fighters going to give us this kind of atmosphere. There's going to be big fights like Canelo and Triple G in a few weeks, but it's not going to carry that same element of a uh, of a uh, culture. Uh, black folks, minority. I mean, it's, it's different. Does you McGregor know? bring them out now? Like celebrity wise, not ratchets. No, 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 no. It's it's really like I said. It's nothing like having. Uh, it's for the it's for the culture, man. The only thing that we have that's black is like NBA All Star Weekend. Aside from that, it's just. <laughs> It's nothing. It was Floyd Mayweather fights. But now we don't have anything else to look forward to, man. Conor McGregor, he brings out the Irish. UFC fights never really bring out black folks. It's usually just me, you, and like a few of us. Um, so, yeah, man, it's it's a big deal. That whole thing is a big deal. Yeah, walking around the MGM prior to that, it was lunacy. So the Irish were drinking by like 10 a.m. Because I'm thinking their time, it's yeah. like 5 p.m. So it's acceptable, right? Like So they're getting smashed and hammered at 10 a.m., they weren't getting into the fight anyway. It was overpriced. Yes. It was 4,000 empty seats. 4,000? 6,000. There was a 6, lot. There was that whole was row over- behind you guys that was just completely empty. Yeah, there were sections that were completely empty. They overpriced the tickets. I wrote about it in Yahoo. Leonard Ellerby was critical of it because um, he was like, oh, yeah, well, we're still going to break the break the gate record. That's fine, but the arena just didn't have that energy. And regardless of what anybody says – um, you know, that there's other fights that's cheaper. Dude, Ricky Hatton and Floyd Mayweather have more energy than that. Pacquiao Hatton have more energy than that. Because their fans could actually get in, at least exactly. in the nosebleeds. Like, if you pack the nosebleeds with all the Irish, I mean, look at Aldo versus McGregor and how crazy they went. The Irish were in the building. Yeah, so it's like, you know, rich people don't cheer. You know, they, they cheer a little bit, but they don't really cheer. It's like... Like, Hatton Mayweather, if you go back and you watch that fight and you listen to the, the – I mean, they had a drum line in the crowd. Like, it, it was insane. I mean, Mayweather, Mayweather Pacquiao was probably had more energy. It was full. I can at least say that. Mayweather yeah. Pacquiao at least had a full house. So the, the atmosphere was cool. I mean, when they did the walkout, it was cool. But it, it kind of felt weird. Like, the whole energy all week, it was there on the outside, but just it wasn't there on the inside. Even the weigh-in was kind of subdued. They, there was a ton of empty seats there. Yeah. They gave out a bunch of tickets. 
Uh, well, they gave out tickets on Ticketmaster, and people were trying to scalp those tickets unsuccessfully. So it led to a ton of empty seats. So when we're sitting there watching the weigh-in, it just didn't have that same element of energy. They really overshot their load on this one, and it came back. They're going to get a good return um, for financially, and it's going to look good in the in the record books. But it was missing a little something up until the fight itself. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, just pack out the seats. That's all they had to do. Like, just sell reasonably priced tickets. Even if it was two hundred a seat, two fifty for the nosebleed sections, people would have paid it. Yeah, I mean, just gotta filling up the arena is key. When you like the average person just doesn't have nineteen hundred dollars to shell out for a ticket to a fight that's thirty six minutes because none of them came. That was the other thing. Nobody came until like right before the main, main event. event. Yep, Javante's fight was even like dead. Yeah, so it's it just. It lacked that big fight energy that we've seen in other big fights with Mayweather and Pacquiao over the past decade. So it was it was it was great. Um, it was an experience. It was something to be at. But yeah, for you know, for those of us, for those of us that have been to big fights before, it just wasn't. It just it missed it. It missed the the fan aspect of it. And it was cool because the Irish were running wild everywhere else. It's not in the arena. You know, the Hood Rack National Convention, that was going on down, too, outside the arena. You yeah. didn't get to see any of that inside. None MGM in the T-Mobile. MGM no. Grand was packed. That, and that's the other thing. Having it at T-Mobile, while it's great, a great venue, it takes away from the element of loitering. Like, urban <laughs> loitering is running rampant at the MGM because then you just go to the arena and check out the fight. But T-Mobile, it's like you got to go outside. It's like 110 degrees outside. Who wants to do that? So it, it, it's missing a certain element. But for what it was, it still was an experience. Yeah, so three takeaways I had from just observing our trip from the MGM with the big three over to T-Mobile for the Connor fight. One, Irish people, drunk Irish people, never get in trouble. Because people just look at him and be like, hey, he's drunk. So a dude climbed the lion inside the ring, was riding the lion, slapping the lion's ass, and then security was just like, come on, man. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then they just let him walk out the ring. This random black dude next to me was like, if he was black, that would have gone differently. Yeah, like, he got yeah, shot. He's a drunk Irishman. Like they, so you get away with everything when you're drunk and you're Irish. The second point, I think hood rats have now completely abandoned bras and shorts that cover their cheeks. Well, yeah. 2017, sure. I, they were non-existent. I don't understand this. I'm not out there like that. You know, I, I'm here. I'm in the crib. Me and my girl, we hang out. I'm out of the culture. So people need to let me know if bras are just not acceptable anymore because they were complete. I saw a 55-year-old woman. I swear to God she had grandkids. No bra and nipple rings. What the hell is going on in the MGM? That's, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, We were with Marcus Vandenberg, friend of the podcast, and I was like, Marcus, did you see, like, she's walking hand in hand with her grandkids. Like, it just bra, no bra, just nipple rings showing. Like she was on an Instagram boutique and she had like one of those stretchy suits, like yeah. the one piece joints. I was like, oh, man, this is this is Vegas fight. week." And then the third thing, every dude that comes out in the Ratchet Parade is dressed like Amigos. I thought it was just Atlanta. Now I know everyone in the culture here. Like I saw big dudes like in very small clothing. I'm and we're wearing like wrestling shirts and shit like I can't. I can't connect to that aspect of the culture. Somehow, these dudes in really small clothes get these women with their ass cheeks out, and they come to Vegas and they mesh. I just don't understand the logic of it. I didn't go to any parties. You hit up a party? 
No, I did suburban loitering, but uh, didn't do any part. I saw the world's tallest man. I think I seen the tallest man I've ever seen in my life. He was like, and I see, Kel, I don't know what happened to you after the fight. You like disappeared. And, I was like, out. And I know, yeah, you you dipped. You didn't say peace to anybody. You was gone. Well, first um, of all, everyone went to your section. I had to stay and write on deadline. So I wrote my deadline article, and they walked everyone over to your side. And I was like, nah, I'm out. Well, so we walked back to the uh, the MGM, and on the way back, there was a guy. He had to be like seven foot nine, I'm, and I'm just roughly estimating here. He had a kang, big black dude, looked like an. Uh, the, I remember this dude walked by and was like, "Manute Bowl," and his, his drunk friend was like, "Fool, Manute Bowl's dead." So it wasn't Manute Bowl. It was just a really tall dude, and everybody was taking pictures with this guy. So the funny thing was, everybody was so busy taking pictures of this tall guy, and like like hood rats and. And I know people like the feminists are going to be like, stop calling us a rest. You're not all harassed, just the ones that were out there. It was, it was Stottville. Yeah. But the, the, the hood rats and, and the, the pimps and everybody's taking pictures of this tall dude. Nobody notices Travis Scott and Chance the Rapper just walk by. And, Travis, and Chance just kind of looks at the guy and is like, damn, he's tall, and just keeps moving. And nobody notices, dude. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, was just, it was weird. Like We walked by the food court on the way back. Pauly Malignaggi's in the food court. Badu Jack, who had just won his fight with the destruction of Nathan Cleverly, he's eating like Johnny Rockets, got his crew around him. It was just like everybody was it was hanging out. It I was saw um, Pauly was popping shit the entire time. He had to, man. Like, what, he's what still popping pushing? shit. Still. Yeah. We'll this. talk about Pauly in a minute. But, yeah, just it was the atmosphere. I didn't go to you know, any parties. You know, It was late. I had to get out of there. I, I wrote a ton of stories. I don't know how many stories I wrote for anybody who listens to the podcast and reads both myself and Kellis Ryan. We appreciate it because I, I have no idea how many articles I wrote about this They're shit. They're still coming out. Yeah, I got. I had like one left. I, wrote, I had one from Ring Magazine and one today um, on ShareDog just about how it affected Triple G Canelo. We could talk about that later. But Dude, I had to get out of there. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. It, it, it was really, really exhausting. And I was, I was glad that it was over. Yeah, I wasn't time. trying to party either. No, like, I was, it's completely different than Mayweather-Pacquiao. Like, that week I was tired, but I still went out, went to the club after, went partied, all this stuff, got stupid drunk. This time I was like, nah, I'm like too old for that. The ratchets are like, eh, I don't want to be around the ratchets. The drunk Irish people are going to do nothing but get me arrested. Nah, I can't do it. I was like, yo, I'm out. Um, I actually went to a bar off the strip with my with my girl. So she came, scooped me up. We went to a bar off the strip. People were talking about the fight. I'm like, yo, don't ask me any questions. Like, I put my credential inside my shirt, and I was just listening to people and their hot takes, and that shit was funny. So do you still have your bracelet on? Yo, I do have my bracelet on still. How, why, man? Yo, I got that thing off of me as soon as the I forget fight. to take these off. My, yeah, my girl asks me that all the time. I don't know. It's waterproof, so I keep wearing it. Um, you can't get in anywhere. No, no, that's true. I don't know. I got to cut it off. Now that I'm on the spot, I'll cut it off in our intermission. So when I come back, you guys won't see the Mayweather McGregor bracelet. Um, nah, so yeah, we're in there and people's hot takes and how Connor did so well. And it's. And oh, my God. I know we got to dive into it now because you've written about it. Um, I I'm of the belief that he did do well, but it's only because Styles make fights, and he got the best out of Floyd Mayweather that we've seen in a while because he wasn't a threat, and that's what it came down to. And no, and no point in that fight was Mayweather in trouble, and it led to a good, exciting fight. And Connor was able to land punches because of that. Um, not you know, not the McGregor punches we're used to. But he was able to land. He, bought a di- he brought back Pretty Boy Floyd. 
And that's something I didn't think we'd see again. What did, what did I tell you last week? How did I tell you this fight was going to end? You may have been right. You may have not been. I don't know. It's no. somewhere on wax. Come on, man. I you know, know. I, was, I, I told you exactly how this fight was going to go. I said he dragged him in the deep water, and he finished him, and Robert Byrd would step in and stop the fight because of a barrage of punches, and Conor McGregor would complain as they stopped the fight too early. Yeah, it's which exactly is perfect. Perfect setup, by the way. It's exactly how I said it would go. I was not surprised by any of this. Floyd came out, um, put his head down, and he said he was going to walk Conor down. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He let Conor shoot his load after three rounds, and then he had him figured out. He was like, well, he doesn't really know shit, so I'm just going to just barrel through him. More importantly, the punches did nothing to Floyd. Had no, he hit him with a, a great uppercut in the first round, a great mm-hmm. counter left uppercut, which a lot of boxers can't even do. So I give Conor credit for that, but Floyd walked through it. That body yeah. punch was legit, though. And no like body the- Seventh, eighth round? It, the, the one that buckled for it. It wasn't low. That was low. It was not even, low. Even still. It was like, on the waistline and Floyd buckled. And then the ref broke him apart and put Connor mad far. Like, so but, but, he put Connor in the middle of the ring. It wasn't going to do anything to Floyd, but. What did Connor do? The, the mistake that he made is he got behind Floyd. All the time. If you, no, if you, I mean, if you watch that particular sequence again, and I've actually watched the fight three times. I found like an illegal stream and just watched it. Like, the, the punch was, like, on the waistline, right on the cup. Mm-hmm. So, even if Robert Byrd continued to let the fight go, which he did, Connor made the mistake of smothering himself and then going around to Floyd's back. So, if any opportunity Connor he had... missed that. Yeah, which is... It's weird, but that's muscle memory. That's, that's the it's MMA what, in you that you can't get rid of. It's something that I wrote in the article, like, in, in a different article. He can't escape who he is. Like, mm-hmm. you can train boxing for five, six, seven months... You've been an MMA fighter for multiple years. So when like he threw hammer fists, he tried to throw like little backhands here and there. Yeah. Like he constantly got behind Floyd. There were things that he did with, that were just fundamentally wrong. And when he when the time with like Skip Bayless was crying that Connor could have finished him. Connor was never gonna finish Floyd. Floyd was no. never in any serious hurt, a serious threat to Connor McGregor. Um so yeah, so Floyd walked him down. Look, Floyd had a 20-pound uh weight disadvantage. And walk Conor McGregor down. Like, okay. So, we'll get back to the thing. Did Conor uh, make a good account of himself? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Floyd let him. Um, could Floyd have stunk that fight out and yeah. countered him like Manny Pacquiao and let, had him land like 15%, 12% of his punches? Absolutely. But he didn't. So, all these people saying, oh, the, the pound for pound, great. Like, y'all got to cut it out. There are no such thing as moral victories if you predicted Conor was going to knock out Floyd. No. That's the problem that I have. Yeah, no. You no. Out, he wasn't you came, close. No, if you came out and said Conor McGregor was going to knock out Floyd Mayweather, and then you saw Conor McGregor get knocked out in the 10th round, you go, well, at least he let. No, that's not how stuff works. Like, you don't predict, like, you don't go to the Super Bowl and say, I'm picking the Falcons, and say, well, they at least had a 28 3. No, you don't. You lost. That's all that <laughs> happened. The bottom line, there is no moral victory for having a lead. You lost. Now, the other thing was people said that the judges' scorecards were rigged, they weren't rigged. Connor didn't do a whole lot in the first three rounds. I gave him the first three rounds. I gave but, him. I had him. I had a six to three. Yeah, I think I gave him the first three rounds. I might. It might have been two one because there was. I know the first round like nothing happened. Second round, Connor opened up, but he wasn't really landing anything. So it was you know. But he was the aggressor. Aggressor. Yeah. From that point on, Floyd took over the fight, put his head in Connor's chest, and Connor couldn't do anything about it. Well, I thought it. third round, Connor had that handily, and then everyone was excited. Like, yo, Floyd, wake up. Yeah. Like, Floyd, you're getting your ass whooped. And then fourth round was Floyd. Fifth round was a toss-up. So, fifth round was a toss-up. Like, Floyd was walking him down. Was Connor that fifth? So fourth was a toss-up. 
So one of the rounds were a toss up again. Well, and people had it five four. I, I had it six you, three. I don't know how people had it five three four. That was bizarre. There were people that gave Connor like the eighth round. Um, it just when he buckled him. The, the the whole point was Connor came to fight, but he didn't know what he was getting in there with, and people expected a certain Floyd Mayweather. So when they got a different Floyd Mayweather, and Connor landed that first uppercut, I mean, dude, they were like Connor landed one hundred eleven punches. If you land 111 punches and the dude's smiling at you and you're supposed to be this big puncher, it really doesn't mean anything. Like, let's be honest here. Conor made a good account of himself, but he still gets beat by any elite-level boxer. Yeah. Any elite-level boxer. It, it's different because you can't open up on Floyd like you can open up on other boxers, even elite-level boxers. Um, no one opens up on Floyd. No one. Like, how many power punches were, was Manny able to unleash? He hit him with, like, two or three. Like, real one. Like, he threw two or three, like, from the hip. People don't even throw power punches at Floyd anymore. Because you're just going to assume he's going to roll off and catch you with the straight right. And Connor fell into the same trap where he was not throwing power punches. He was like, okay, let me just prove to myself I can touch him. And that, yeah, that's what it seemed like. Like, yo, let me just prove to myself that this jab can land. And, like... His victories were, oh, I saw his head snap back. It wasn't, I'm trying to take his face off. So people, Connor, I mean, Floyd has that effect on people. Where Tyson had the effect of, you step in the ring, you knew you were getting knocked out. Floyd has the effect of, you step in the ring, you're not exactly sure if you're going to touch the man. So when you touch him with a punch, you're happy as hell. And that's all Connor yeah. was doing, those little pity pat punches, just seeing if he can get him in range, seeing if he can touch him. And then by the time he figured out he could, Floyd figured him out. Walking down, tired him out. And Connor had a great assessment of the fight himself after it was done. He was like, man, he put his hands in, his head in his hands, walked into my chest, and I was swinging around him and turning him and used all my energy. Said nothing was landed. And he was like, I didn't prepare for someone who fought like that at all. And that's You're smart. Bad. Yeah, Floyd has every style in boxing. You should kind of prepare a little bit for everything. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, and it's something that I mentioned in multiple articles and I mentioned in, I think, our show last week is I said that Connor's, Connor has no off switch and that would be his undoing. Like, when everybody else fought Floyd, from Shane to Manny to, not, not necessarily Canelo, because Canelo didn't necessarily have an off switch either. They all have a thing where you get hit and then your whole game plan changes. Like, as the rounds progress, your punch output drops because you can't, you can't figure out how to hit them. And then you're scared of getting hit with that counter right hand. So, but Connor didn't have an off switch. Connor just kept coming. And that was going to be his undoing because he didn't understand how to back off because he just, he, he didn't know how to lose, right? Yeah. Like other boxers know how to lose. They, they, they resign themselves like, screw it. I'm going to lose anyway. Mm -hmm. But not Connor. He's going to keep coming. And that's why Connor got knocked out. There was no other way this fight was going to end. Everybody was like, you're crazy. Connor takes shins to the face. <laughs> not the same thing. No, I kind of thought he could make it out of the 10th. Once again, he doesn't, he doesn't know the rules. Like, all, only thing you have to do in boxing, when you get that deep, right, and the guy's that close to finishing you, is to take a knee. You take one knee. You put one knee on the canvas. When Floyd, when they break you apart, you put one knee on the canvas, Floyd has to walk all the way across to a corner, not his corner, a different corner. You get the standing eight or the standing ten. You hold your gloves there. At eight, he asks you, are you okay? You're like, yeah, I'm okay. And you get your win back. Floyd's not smothering you. It would have got him out of round. No, it, it would have got him out. Of there round. was a there was two minutes left in that round. Floyd was going to stop him one way or another. Connor was cooked. 
His conditioning was trash. No, his conditioning was horrible. But that's it's what that's I every fight. Entire time. But that's that's my point. You, for anybody who doesn't think that Floyd didn't watch the Nate Diaz fight or talk to Nate Diaz, look, man, Conor's a front runner. And this, more important than anything else, it almost exposes Conor because this is the sec- the third time that Conor is gassed in a big fight. If you can take Conor's punch, Conor's in trouble. And it's like and people are like, no, he did well for himself. No, the man can't fight five-round fights where the pressure's going to stay on him. So things get well, interesting. Well, he won two of the fights. I mean, he's... Gardenia's. He barely beat. Let's be real. He barely beat Nate Diaz. Let's be honest here. It's not like he he, he wore him out. Did he wear out Nate Diaz? I thought it was four one. I didn't think it was. I thought it was three two. But there are people that thought that Nate won the fight too. But the thing was, is kind of Nate able, thought Nate won the fight. That was it. <laughs> but my, my point is, that Connor turned his back and ran that fight. He was so exhausted that there were times. If Nate was a bigger puncher, he could have finished him. More importantly, let's stop acting like Nate's a world beater. Connor was in there with a guy who has a. Pretty pedestrian record in MMA. Yeah, but he has a very unique set of skills. He does, but, th- but those set of skills are great. But if you're a heavy, like, all right, let's see what happens when Conor McGregor fights Justin Gagey. Somebody who hits a lot harder than Nate Diaz is willing to engage. That's an interesting fight. Conor could knock out Justin because Justin doesn't have a great defense. Yeah. But what happens as those rounds progress if you don't get rid of him? Conor's output decreases, his power decreases, and his cardio is trash. Justin Gagey's cardio is not trash. He's going to keep coming at you. Makes things very interesting. Tony Ferguson's an interesting fight. There's a reason in my mind why he never fought Frankie Edgar. I don't know if he can knock out Frankie Edgar. Yeah, and Frankie's going to keep going. Max Holloway, a rematch with Max Holloway is very interesting. Look, I think Conor dares to be great. I think he's an amazing fighter. But there are questions about his cardio, his conditioning, and the fact that he is a front runner. The man comes out fast, tries to finish you fast. And if he can't finish you, then what does he do? He, he really just slows down. The game plan doesn't really change. He just slows down. He still shows the same strikes from the same angles. They're just slower and have less steam on them. Against yeah. Nate Diaz, he didn't do much different. He no, he just threw, but punches. he landed enough to survive. No, he did. And he Caught that, that second win and, and ran with it. Yeah, so, but, but that second win that he got against Nate Diaz is not the second win you were going to get against Floyd Mayweather. No. Floyd Mayweather is going to dog him one way or another. Once he realized he was hurt, it wasn't like Floyd was running in there you know, with uh, with his guard up, thinking about what was coming back. Floyd had no concern what was coming back. It was Connor who needed to worry about what was coming back from Floyd. Yeah. And the, the straight rights, the old, like he was loading up, and Connor was like, he can't hit. Doesn't matter, you were dead tired. It was the blueprint <laughs> was laid out. It was you were cooked. Yeah. Like any other, and people say the fight. Did you think the fight was stopped too early? No, I mean, I thought his hands were down. He wasn't throwing punches anymore. I, I thought he could have bought himself more time. Um, obviously, by going down. Right. He said, "Let him put me down." Like, my man, just go down. That, that's what he doesn't understand. Once again, that's the muscle memory. You touch the canvas in the UFC, it's curtains because they're jumping on you. In boxing, you can touch the canvas. You, you arguably get three in one round. Yeah, if there's like no three knockdown where you take as much yeah. as you want. So listen, just go, put your mitt on the ground, put a knee on the ground, take the count, take some more punishment, put your knee on the ground. You aren't going to win the fight on the cards anyway. By the 10th, your job was to save energy, go the distance. If you're lucky in the 12th, land a big punch. Just get to the 12th. And he could have just taken the knee, took the knockdowns. Who cares? But he wouldn't go down. So it was a good stoppage. He put it in the ref's hands. All he had to do was go down. But the pride of it, the muscle memory, everything Connor's built for, the heart he has, because that's one thing you can't question. Man, it's heart. He wouldn't go down. And that's no. all he had to do. 
he refused to go down. But there, there's my other issue. There's a lot of people said it was going to be stopped early. It's like if if Floyd would have kept hitting Connor with punches until Connor went down, the Nevada State Athletic Commission would have had a damn near a lawsuit on their hands because they would yeah. they would have looked so bad for appointing a referee who allowed you know with all the CTE stuff coming out. Not that Con- Floyd's a big. Puncher, That's more hits just, than Connor's taking. Yeah. Consecutively, like it, 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 like Connor didn't land anything that entire round. It was a minute and six minutes, six seconds into the round. Floyd was just pummeling him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would you just let the man get beat? Like, why do you want him to get CTE? Like, why, why do you want this man to get head trauma? Yeah, Floyd said it. it. He was like, man, you're 29. You got a career ahead of you. Yeah, you got a lot to go. So it's like. It's. I mean, Floyd did exactly what he planned to do. He planned to, to, to not do anything in the first three rounds. He planned to watch Conor gas. He planned it in his internal clock. He's like, 25 minutes are up. I'm going to dog you now. Like, it was you're, right you're, at 25 minutes, too. Yeah, and he just he was like, you're done. You're cooked. The it eighth round surpri- hit, Conor had a good eighth, came out in the ninth, but You know what's and funny? it was over. Go back and look at the eighth round again, like when they showed the replay on Saturday. When Conor lands that, that low blower that, that punch along the waistline, and Robert Bird separates it, Connor's gassed there. Yeah. Like if you watch Connor back off, he didn't have anything left. Um, he couldn't finish off Floyd if he tried. Floyd he was, was right. Done. Floyd was like, and even later in the fight, my plan was, and our plan was, in his corner, to let Connor fire off the first 30 seconds of every round. Yeah. Take punches for the first 30 seconds, and he's gonna gas again for the last 230. Yeah. I was like, yeah, shit. People got to stop, like, again, it's just the, the moral victories and Connor did better than I thought. Yes, Connor did better than we thought because Floyd let him. Like, that could have been an ugly fight and then you would have complained Through about it. Through six, that. I thought it was good. Through six, it, it was good money. But six is, what, 18 minutes? Yeah, like, I mean, it was, a, it was fun. It was like, fun. It, was, it, it, it was, was fun. It wasn't it wasn't a dog fight. It wasn't like there was there was never a moment in that fight where you're like, whoa, Connor has a chance to win. Never a moment. Like, it wasn't he a the, circus. It wasn't a farce. It was entertaining. People got I mean, their hundred dollars worth. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I get my hundred dollars worth when I w- watch the brawl for all with Butterbean and Bart Gunn. So it's like, just you got what you asked for. If you were surprised by anything, then you were a fool because there's nothing really to surprise you about the fight. I told everybody how this fight was going to go. So if you're looking for anything different, if you're looking for an early, like people are like, well, Floyd should have got him out of there in three. That's never been Floyd's mo. He doesn't knock people out of three rounds. Connor's still a fighter. Floyd still prepares for Connor McGregor like he's Andre Berto or Manny Pacquiao. Floyd prepares for his fight, his opponents like they're real opponents. He doesn't treat them less. That could have got him in trouble if he went for the knockout in the first three rounds. That's when Connor's at his strongest. Now, from there, for anybody to say Connor should have knocked out Floyd or had Floyd in trouble, you're a fool too. This, no, this, this point, the end was never in doubt. I said he was going to get knocked out. There was I didn't see a decision happening. You saw Floyd walking him down. Just take it. It was it was a good fight. It was fun. Yeah. It was it was not competitive, but it was fun. Connor tried. Connor won rounds. Floyd let him. Regardless, people say he wasn't going to land a punch. But when styles make fights, you know, when Floyd a, wants to open up, he lets people hit him. That's just a matter of fact. So he came in with that game plan. So like we kind of had to take it. People keep saying, like, all right, uh, you know, boxing experts. Max Kellerman was the one who said it. It was Max Kellerman. Let's just stick it on who, who the man who said it. Max is the one who said that Connor wouldn't land a punch. It's not what happened. Connor landed a punch. Most of the boxing experts said, yeah, Connor will probably land something. I mean, it's kind of hard to never land a punch in an entire fight. Yeah, that's Boys, what we like, He's going to yeah. land something. He's going to land something that it, it all really matters. It doesn't matter what you land. It doesn't have an effect. The, the point is to win the fight. Connor was never winning on points. He needed to knock him out. Floyd was never in trouble. But it was fun. 
It had people engaged. It was like, oh, look, in the first three rounds, like, if you're an MMA guy, you were like, look, Connor's doing amazing. And then, like, three rounds later, you're like, fuck, Connor's getting his ass beat. Yeah. It was what it was. All I'm saying was, you can't look at this fight and be disappointed by anything that you saw because you should have seen it coming. And if you enjoyed it, great. But cut the whole moral victory shit out because if Conor McGregor fights Errol Spence, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez. He's not here for that, though. He, but I'm just saying, like, people are saying how good he did better than Manny Pacquiao. He doesn't beat Manny Pacquiao in a fight. No. But you know against what I'm saying? Floyd, like, he was more entertaining. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what? Better? I think they're reaching with the word better. Um, he was more entertaining. He's Floyd's most entertaining fight in years. Years. But Styles make fights. And when Floyd noticed he wasn't a threat, we got the best Floyd Mayweather. We got the most entertaining version of Floyd Mayweather. This is how he used to fight. Like, when he was at 140, when he was lower weights, this is how he did. Because no one was really a threat to knock him out. He moved up in weight to get the money and went defensive. Well, I mean, you look at the Miguel Cotto fight, which was very entertaining. Cotto um, was good. Cotto was a decade ago. Cotto was not a decade ago. Eight years? Ago. No. Cotto was like 2012. No. Um, yeah, no man. Because, look, because Mayweather Hatton was 2007. Uh, 2000, then he took the time off and he came back in 2000. Nine to face Mar- Marquez, uh, and then it was Shit, that was 2012. Exactly. It, Yo, it yeah. feels a lot longer. Okay, but I'm, I'm just right. saying, like That's people are bad. acting like Floyd hasn't had an exciting fight. Even the first Maidana fight was exciting. Mm. The first Maidana fight wasn't exciting. He let Maidana hit him a lot. I guess it's exciting for I, the exact same reasons. But I'm just. But my yeah. point is, is that it's exciting fights. There's people out there that say this is Floyd's best fight ever. You must have never no. seen Floyd Mayweather fight Diego Corrales, no. like the the, the Cotto fights, the Hatton fights. Look, depends on what you're watching in boxing. If this is the most exciting fight that you saw out of Floyd, you probably just started watching Floyd a couple of years ago and never really paid attention. So you can have that. But yeah, to say that this hard. is the best Floyd has ever looked is ridiculous and blasphemous. It means you don't know shit about boxing. Arguably, this Mar- is the worst Floyd has ever looked. I wouldn't even say that. Um, he, was, he was substantially slower. I mean, but he was. He, but he had a different game plan. That's true. Like the, there was no like there was no shoulder roll at all in the no. entire fight. So he but yeah even he, when he was going forward. for the knockout, the way he was chaining punches, the he was loading up. He was not worried about what was coming back. Yeah, it just seemed a lot. I don't know. Maybe he was going for the heavy, like you know, actually put him down, like the. Picture, I think he was. you know, I mean, he wanted the photo more than the ref stepping in. It, it's coming. it's weird because people people. I'm not saying Floyd's slower. He's 40 years old. He's obviously slower than he was when he was 30. But these same criticisms came at the first Maidana fight. They yeah. were like, "Oh, Floyd was slow. He he has no legs anymore." Remember that? Everybody's yeah. like, "Floyd has no legs." And what did Floyd do in the he next laid Maidana? On the ropes. Yeah, but like you got the game I mean, plan, I guess. Yeah, it's like th- Floyd knows what he's doing out there. Love him or hate him as a person, the man's boxing IQ was through the roof. He knew what he was doing against Conor. He knew not to worry about anything that was coming back. He didn't have to counter him all night. He could have, and then we would have complained about that. Yeah. Floyd can't please everybody. He's not going to. But I think he, he gave the crowd. He pleased the majority of people this he, fight. He, More so just, than in a long time. It's just people jumping out and saying that, that you know, Floyd... Floyd is no good because he couldn't knock out Conor early. Y'all are stupid. And people that are saying that Conor was amazing, y'all are stupid too because Conor still gets beat by top-level boxers. Conor held his own in a fight he was supposed to lose, showed heart. 
That's that's it. Just show heart. Come out yep. there and show that it wasn't like a, a stupid paycheck and you're not going to try and you're going to get washed in one yeah. or two rounds. Just show heart. And he took it seriously. When he was getting his ass beat, he tried to stay up. He tried to keep coming. That's all people want to see. You can give him like give him credit for those things. Just uh, stop with the moral victories. Stop with the MMA. It's not MMA versus boxing. Everybody go back to your corners and chill the hell out because... What's next for Conor? I want to see him go back to the UFC. Like, I'm done with the boxing shit. Like, I don't need to see the Pauly fight. Actually, I still want to see the Pauly fight. (laughs) Like, I want to see the Pauly fight March 18th is St. Patrick's Day. Do it at Barclays in Brooklyn. I don't mind seeing that fight. However, I don't think that's the next step. Conor's next step is clear. It's to fight Nate Diaz. It's it's the most obvious step for him. It is, but I still don't understand why. Like, Nate hasn't fought anyone else. The division's actually rounding out pretty well at the top. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to do for me at 155 that already the last fight didn't do for me at 170. It's the biggest money fight that they have. And if you go another route, like, let's be honest here. Conor's not coming to the table asking for $3 million. Conor's coming back to clean house on the UFC. He's the only star that they got. So he's going to gouge him for, like, $30 million, maybe. Uh, maybe 15 and 15 something, Something in that nature. So you got You can't put him in there against the winner of Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee because that's not a big money fight. It's not as big as Nate. Nate's the money fight. Nate's also a dangerous fight because if Conor loses to Nate, poof, you kind of lost your, your. He lost two consecutive fights, um, and then he goes up, kind of goes up in smoke. Yeah. Um, but you have, if you're WME IMG, I feel like you, you gotta have believe to, in Conor at this point. Well, but you have to put him. You, you have to win. Like as WME IMG, I feel like has been bleeding money this year. So. If Conor fights Nate, you can justify paying Conor all that money, right? Of course, that fight is always there, but I just don't think you build on the same momentum. Like, if Kevin Lee were to beat Tony Ferguson, it's a, it's a big fight, but it's not, like, a huge fight, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know where else Conor can really go to make that kind of money except for Nate Diaz. I feel like it's the, the obvious way you got to go. I just feel like I've seen everything I'm going to see out of that rivalry. I know how it's going to go. But they were both great fights, right? Yeah, I mean, they hit each other a lot. I, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Like, or do we need it a third time? I know yes, how it's going to go. This a rubber match. Of course you need a third fight. Why wouldn't you want a third fight for a guy who got choked out the first time and then escaped with his, his life the second time? Connor escaped that second fight. It wasn't like a dominant performance. He won, but there's still questions. Like, if, if I Nate think he dropped Nate three times in the first two rounds. If we had the scoring now, it's a 10-8 and a 10-7. No, they, they, that's not the scoring now. They don't count knockdowns as points. No, those are like scoring. near fi- Like, he was fucking... They were, those, 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 those were at least 10-8 rounds. No, they weren't. They were, they, they kind of was not dominant in any of those rounds. The first he round won. wasn't a 10-8. No. He was fucking Nate up. But he was, it wasn't a 10-8 round. I don't think it was a 10-8 round. But I don't, I don't think that Nate was... In, was Nate in danger of being finished at any point in that fight? I mean, the first round, it didn't look good for Nate, but no, he popped right back up. I mean, Nate's Nate. He was a zombie. Well, it was Connor in serious danger, I believe, in the third round when his back was against the cage and Nate was unloading on him. Serious danger? No, but he was getting fucked up. You don't think it's Go back and watch the fight again. I don't think he was in danger against stop, no. Well, watch the referee in that fight. It looked very similar to the Mayweather fight. Connor was taking a lot of punches. Yeah, so, I mean, if he doesn't they, go down, ref Connor. So both of these fights were, were pretty entertaining. So I could see why they would want to run it back. So I, I just, like, you got to cash out. I mean, the, the smart, the logical thing to do for the UFC, if you want to, you know, 
be uh, be in accordance to your rankings is Conor should immediately fight the interim champion. That's what you're supposed to do. There ain't no goddamn rules with Conor McGregor. He does what he wants. Yeah. And I, and I guarantee you Conor would rather fight Nate Diaz than Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I think Conor thinks it's a harder fight. Which fight? Nate Diaz. Yeah, probably. Because I think we, we've seen Tony, like we said, we've seen Tony get rocked. We've seen Tony, I mean, he has a great ground game. If he gets you down, he'll choke you. Standing up, he, he does well, but he's not Connor's level stand-up fighter. That's what's going to be interesting. Does this decrease what people think of Connor's skills in MMA? Because still in MMA, he's the best striker. Yeah, but he's still I mean, I like right? Garbrandt a lot. But still, I mean, the guy has two division champions. He hit uh, Eddie Alvarez with a three-piece that was fucking impeccable. So No, it's, I mean, Conor is an excellent striker, but I, I stand by what I've always said about Conor. He's a front runner, And I have concerns. If you can take his punch, Eddie Alvarez couldn't take his punch. Not uh, many people can. You know, Jose Aldo ran into a punch. Uh, Nate Diaz took his punch. Yeah. Twice. Several times. <laughs> yeah, like, he t- like he could take his punch, and he made it, he made it rough on Conor. And I, I'll keep saying it. Nate Diaz is not world champion. He's not a world champion fighter. He never has been. No. So Tony Ferguson could be a very interesting fight. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib is always an interesting fight. Because I always thought Khabib could beat him. Yeah, Khabib gets his hands on him. He he could beat him. Uh, Frankie Edgar, uh, that's a fight that we didn't get to see. A rematch with Max Holloway. Very interesting fight. Very interesting fight because of the way Max fights. He doesn't gas. He hits pretty hard. He doesn't hit super hard. But he kind of just wears you down. Like... There's a difference between Conor, who has like that one-punch knockout power with the left hand in MMA, clearly not in boxing, and Max Holloway, who pounds on you until you just physically can't fight anymore. Yeah. And that's what kind of Max kind of did to Jose Aldo, uh, Cub Swanson. I mean, Max is a, a very diverse striker and a very diverse ground game, everything. Like, Max can do a little bit of everything. So, you know, even though Conor says he's still the champ at 145, I wouldn't mind seeing those two fight at 155 for the lightweight title. No, champ I mean... Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I think Connor goes back down and defends that title before anything. I think he, he can, can never go up. back. He can't make it to one forty. I think he can make it. I Dude, think, look at him. No, he'll be drained as fuck. But I mean, I think he can make it. He won't make it. I think he, he, he steps on the scale and does it. He hasn't made one forty five in two years. It's a long time. It's a long time. Like, come on. I'm not saying that he has to. It's more likely that he goes up to one seventy than he goes down to um, one forty five. Say this he right had now. To, He's not going to go champ for champ and risk giving up his belt and making another two-division champion. He goes to 170. He gets murdered by Tyron Woodley. Murdered. I'd like to see it. He gets, but the reason why is Tyron could probably take that punch. Tyron is like, like 200 pounds, dude. Not a fight that kind of really will want to have. I, I don't Tyron's think. not and, the best matchup, but. It's like Ty, Tyron's got dynamite in that right hand, too. For the chance... Of being a three division champ. Once again, he just dares to be great. So if he loses, no, he, he loses. But the chance of if he wins and he's a three division champion, no one's touching. I mean, man, um, I hate to say this, but Connor is very much like Mike Tyson in the sense that Tyson didn't fight. It, 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 like Dana White argued back that Ronda Rousey was more like Mike Tyson. I see where he was coming from. But here's my thing about Connor. He's been matched up with the right fighters. Like, he's been matched up with the right people. Can't call Aldo the right person. With the exception of Jose Aldo. That fight just went, like, Conor's IQ was through he, the roof. He I, fought I think, Holloway. 
Like, it's not like but he, he thought Halloween was Halloween was like nineteen years old. Like, come on, dude, it's not. It's not Connor the same. Was like twenty four. But what I'm my point is, moving up, Connor didn't have to fight Frankie Edgar. Let's just be honest. He didn't have to fight Frankie Edgar. No. He fought a clearly depleted Chad Mendes. Granted, he won, but Chad was depleted. And he knocked out Josie Aldo. He went to the lightweight division, was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos, which didn't happen. Ended up fighting Nate Diaz, lost the fight. Came back, beat Nate Diaz. At 170. Right. Then he fought Eddie Alvarez, who I think everybody here could say, Eddie Alvarez is not the top lightweight. Even though he beat RDA and he was a champ. At that he, time, it's hard to argue against it. The division wasn't like, I mean, Khabib was the top lightweight. But, the, but here's the my can't point. Stay healthy. When Mike Tyson was on his way up, he fought guys like Michael Spinks. He fought Trevor Burbick. He didn't fight Evander Holyfield until much later, and then he got dogged, right? He never fought Riddick Bowe because he was incarcerated. He, got a, he found a way to get around some of the people. It's not necessarily his fault, but it's just kind of how things happen. So you were the, he benefited from the right matchups. Conor McGregor benefits from the right matchups. The fight with Nate Diaz, it happened, but they should, let's be real. When, we, when both me and you, when they, first, when they first had the first fight, we both said that Conor was going to knock Nate out. Did we not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In that fight, Nate beat him. Yeah. Right? And it brought Conor back down to earth. And Conor said, I'm going to dare to be great, and I'm going to fight him again at 170. Yeah. And we cheered him on. We're like, yeah, Conor, he did so great. But Nate Diaz is a pedestrian. Nah, he's above pedestrian. I'm not, that's rude. But Nate Diaz, he's a good fighter, but he's not a great fighter. So the fact that he beat Nate, him. Nate putting Diaz up, is uninspired at points. And inspired Nate Diaz is actually pretty – he's better than Nick. And Nick has been a bridesmaid quite sometimes in championship fights. He just became better than Nick, though. That's my point. Because he like, just he became was, inspired. Like, he just what, – what fight was that? Like Michael like, Johnson, where he just came out and you were like, yo, this is a different Nate Diaz. Well, Nate, Nate Diaz has a thing where he gets into his opponent's head and they, he forces them to stand up with him. And then they lose it. Michael Johnson, uh, Donald Cerrone. Like Gray Maynard, like you look at what Nate Diaz He's has done. He beat some really good, good fighters. Like it's, there's no question that Nate Diaz is a top ten lightweight. The question is, is he top five? Is he better than Khabib? No. Is he better? Is he better than Ferguson? Like is no. is he better than Gagey? No. There's a lot of questions here. So it's like well, Gagey just got here though. So that's... just got. But is he here. better than Eddie? Maybe. At this point, maybe. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's better, just, Michael. Like, but, but if Conor McGregor was going to fight the best of the best, he'd be fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov, right? And yeah. That, I no, guarantee you that's not going to be the next fight. No, because Khabib blew it. Yeah, well, Khabib it blew it. It would have been the next fight if Khabib could have stayed healthy. It would just make weight. Don't you say make weight. Yeah, no, Get, he struggled. Beat Tony and then just wait, and Conor would have been here for it. So my point is I think Conor McGregor is a front runner he's a great fighter who dares to be great but I think daring to be great is is going to become his undoing because there are a lot of style matchups in the lightweight division that are going to be very challenging and I'm not going to bet against him I just have my concerns that if he doesn't fix his cardio issue he's going to be in a lot of trouble in his next couple and and he's self-aware of that I don't know if he can maybe that's just the nature of his style maybe could be his him being so offensive and the output it takes to throw those punches and the way he throws them and the movement and the angles, it just doesn't allow for five rounds. It just and might there, be something you can't fix. And there's my comparison to Mike Tyson. If you got past Mike Tyson for the first few rounds, you're good. If you figured, 
you were good. Evander Holyfield, weather the storm. Buster Douglas, weather the storm. Even though Tyson wasn't even thinking in that fight. But like you, you look at those stages in Tyson's career. Your body's he was just at, not. Yeah, he was at his most dangerous in the first few rounds. Yep. And as the rounds wore on, the power was still there, but then it kind of the energy bar was going down. And once the energy bar goes down, you can't take a breath and it, it rejuvenates all the way to the top. It only comes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And at that point, his punches don't mean the same. So it's like Kind of, again, kind of made a great account for himself, but I, he's got this issue that he has to fix if he wants to be... Not sure noticed. if it's fixable. So I, I don't... Like, the Conor McGregor, like, his, 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 his run, his superstardom, could be short-lived. Could be, he's, but he's going to cash out with 200 mil. Hey, more power to the man. <laughs> That's he's MMA, big. though, right? Everyone's run is super short-lived. Well, yeah. Outside of GSP. Yeah, I so. mean... G- G- <laughs> Who cares? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk the rest of the boxing world for like a quick second and then switch over to WWE. You guys stay right there. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, everybody, we're back. Next segment, we told you to talk boxing, we'll talk boxing. Uh, we're just going to talk real quick. Canelo Triple G is coming up two weeks. We're going to have three weeks. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about it. But you said you wrote something about this earlier, and it's something I've been thinking about as well. Does Mayweather Pacquiao help Canelo versus Triple G? From the beginning, I thought it would. I always said it would. I said this is their best form of promotion. Let that fight play out. And then say we are the real fight. Come back and watch us. It's it's a two headed monster. Like the Mayweather McGregor fight was good if Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya handled it right, and they did, which is what I expected them to do. It's very hard <laughs> to ask people to come out of a hundred dollars and three weeks later come out of sixty dollars, right? Unless you completely convince them that yeah, it's two really good fights. So you know maybe I should do two fight parties, whatever the thing is. Where Oscar fucked up was by trashing Mayweather McGregor as this farce and asking people to boycott it. He looked like a hater, especially after he said Canelo should fight Conor. And then when he didn't, when Canelo didn't get that fight, which everybody knew he wasn't, 
He became salty. The smart thing to do would have been to ride the coattails of this fight. Have Canelo and Triple G, which you're at a disadvantage because Canelo doesn't speak English and Triple G is still a work in progress. But to have them appear on shows, analyze the fight, and then say why their fight is the real fight. And then have Oscar appear and says, I fully support Mayweather McGregor. But if you guys want to see a real fight, a real competitive fight, between two of the best fighters in the world, tune in on September 16th. That's all it takes. Oscar just couldn't swallow that ego. Couldn't swallow his pride for two seconds. All you have to do is shut up. Come out yep. after the fight, promote your fight. You got two weeks, hit the ground running, make it happen. He couldn't do it. He just had to say something. And then Dana called him out for it. And he looks like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, the tweet, the whole fuck you tweet, that was dumb. Um, so, it's like, here's the thing. So the day that the fight was announced, Mayweather McGregor, was the week of Ward and Kovalev. And I was with HBO execs, and I can literally watch them like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Because they felt like, which is true, it takes a chunk out of your promo tour. Like, yeah. if you're going to do a promo tour, anything you're doing, like, we, we, I didn't have wrote anything about Canelo and Triple G. Nothing until this week, which I plan for the next three weeks to write something about Canelo and Triple G. But it, it really shortened the window of promoting that fight. Because even this week, people are still talking about Mayweather and McGregor. But you have to figure out a way around it. Oscar, it's kind of your fucking fault in the first place <laughs> because you waited so long to make this fight happen. Whether it's going to be to your advantage or not, because... Like, he made it happen before they made it happen, but then they saw the date and they jumped him and it was curtains. But you remember, like this fight should have happened last year, Canelo and Triple G. That's what the fans wanted last year. And if we got it last September, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. And the reason why we didn't get it is because Oscar clearly wants to wait until Triple G starts looking older and then says Canelo's feeling out so he can make middleweight. So now you have to fight in your terms, but now you just got stomped all over by Mayweather and McGregor. Then you got made to be a dick, like a complete hater. <laughs> so it's your fault. It's nobody else's fault but but Oscar. So it's it could have helped. I, I I just think a lot of people like I, I have a feeling that Dana White's not like he could have said something very positive about it, and he still can. But I think he's, he hates Oscar and Bob Arum so much he's not going to give him any love for this. And Mayweather's definitely not going to say nothing. You piss off the biggest personalities in combat sports. Yeah, they're not. He could have took the rub and just kept it moving. There's nothing wrong with being SmackDown Live sometimes. Not everyone can be raw. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Just just take it, keep moving, let the product speak for itself. And no, you know, it's funny. It was like, oh, what is, you know, what is Oscar doing? A bunch of cocaine again? And it's like. Probably. Maybe. I don't, like, there's no need to just fire off on your hot takes and wreck your own promotion um a couple weeks away though what's your feelings on the fight do we still because originally we talked about this last year on the podcast everything else we thought triple g would beat canelo probably knock him out but we've seen a lot of different fights from the two i am of the opinion canelo's getting better every fight he's finally hitting his prime triple g is kind of the same I don't know what I would expect. Like, he's been on such a high level. I mean, I don't know how much higher he can go. But he's coming off his first decision. He didn't get the knockout. Um, People would say he looked slower. He wasn't punching as hard. I disagree. Canelo's never fought anyone at this weight, really. Like, Chavez doesn't count. Like, Chavez is Chavez. This is like a true middleweight. So it's, it's completely different. I think now I see Triple G with a decision. Um... But it's hard to say that... I mean, Triple G knocks everyone out. 
But I think Triple G by decision. But I think Canelo's closing that gap. And I'll agree with that. Um, I do think this fight's a little bit more competitive now that I, you know, I'm seeing more and more Canelo. But my problem with Canelo is, is he's still fighting undersized Miguel Cotto, washed up Chavez Jr., Amir Liam Beef, yeah, Amir Khan, who's tiny, Liam Beefy Smith. These aren't guys that are even close to Danny Jacobs, who, Canelo, who Triple G had a very tough fight with. And I said it before; I said it a billion times. I think Danny Jacobs beats Canelo. It's just how I feel. Um, if Jenny Jacobs gave Triple G hell, you know, Canelo hasn't been put through hell yet. You know, even his loss against Floyd Mayweather was just one of those, like, I, I'm just going to outduel you. Like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to outduel you. Yeah. This, this is a different fight. So, to me, it kind of is, uh, rely- it kind of has to do with how Canelo fights his fight. Because we know what Triple G is going to do. He's going to cut off the ring. He's going to throw to the body. Um, and he can take a punch. If Canelo does something stupid like stands in the pocket with Triple G, he's going to get beat. And he's going to get beat up. But if Canelo can use his footwork, which has gotten a lot better, yeah. and use his jab and try to take away some of the things that Danny Jacobs did against Triple G, like tie him up on the inside, um, don't let him get off. Because once Triple G gets off, you're in trouble. I mean, Triple G still knocked down Danny Jacobs. But Danny Jacobs oh. came in a lot heavier so that he can do those things. And, and he took that risk. I mean, he took that calculated risk where he said, I don't care. Don't give me the belt after. A win is a win, and I'm going for the win, and I'm going to come in heavier. I'm going to not care about your next day weigh-in weight or whatever. No, I'm just going to come in as heavy as I want. No, I mean, he made weight, so it wasn't like it changed anything. Um, the next he day, came... he didn't even step on the scale. No, but he knew what he was doing, and that's what you kind of have to do because if you're the same size as Gennady Golovkin, you're going to get knocked out. You're going to get hurt very bad. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, say the Kell Brook fight that, you know, Kell Brook looked good. Look, Kell Brook was undefeated before that fight. And then he got dogged by Triple G. Might never um, look the same. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's, his eye socket's forever broken. Like, you know, he took a big risk and he dared to be great and he got crushed for it. People that are saying that Canelo is just going to walk over Triple G are foolish. It's not going to happen. Canelo just hasn't fought. I know that was an opinion. There's people that think that Canelo's, you know, Triple G's too fast. Canelo's just going to clearly outbox him. I don't. I think this is going to be a fight. Somebody on my timeline said that this fight could be boring. I don't think there's a chance in hell this fight's going to be boring. Not glasses, right? No, not right. glasses. Oh boy, glasses. The, uh, sure, he's rooting for Canelo. The only way that this could be a disappointing fight if it ends early. If Canelo comes in foolish and gets walloped with one and it's the end of the night. It's bad for Oscar De La Hoya. Because then he says, I had the more competitive fight. And people will say, well, the other fight lasted 10 rounds. Your shit lasted three. <laughs> you know, so, but I, I'm still sticking with my pick that I've said for years that Triple G, I still think, is the better fighter. I just think he's getting older, and that doesn't help. But I don't think that Canelo's on his level yet. No, if this is a trilogy, then I think Canelo, you know, in the long run gets it. If this is the first of a few, because let's be honest, there's not too many other people for them to fight. Well... There's some interesting guys in middleweight. Jacobs, um, Charlos, you got the, the Char- Char- like, one Charlo. Yeah, you got Jamal Charlo. In which I, mean, I think Canelo wants to avoid him, like the play. I mean, yeah. Charlo's an interesting case because yes, he has looked good, but then you have to wonder, like, well, how good is this competition really? So a Charlo Canelo fight is very interesting, but there's there's a lot of fights at middleweight. It's not like they have to be tied to each other because they have nowhere else to go. They can, there's other places. Yeah, don't run it back immediately, but I think you know they fight. You know, this year, two years from now, but I, I think they're going to keep running into each other. Their paths are going to continuously cross unless Canelo goes back down. Well, he won't go back. on smaller people. 
Canelo won't go back down. The only place he's going to be able to go is up soon. Um, in the case of Triple G, he's getting older. I don't think up he's going to be around. Canelo? Yeah. Dude, he comes in, in a fight with him, weighing like 175 pounds. If he wanted to, he could fight a super middleweight. Wow. Like if he really wanted to. He'd be short, but he could fight a super middleweight. Because both him and Triple G are kind of tiny if they moved up to 168. When you look at somebody like Andre Ward, who's like 6'1". Um, but now that he's at light heavyweight, so no biggie. Both of them would not want to fight Andre Ward. Not right now. I know one wants to fight Andre Ward. At no. this point. But, but yeah, I think the fight is, is competitive. Um, but, yeah, I think Triple G still wins the fight. I, I don't necessarily see a trilogy unless that first fight's really close. And I think you got to run them back really quick because Triple G is like 35. So you can't really just sit around. And, no, I think they sit, and that's the key. You want Canelo to win as Triple G gets older. Yeah, see, if Triple G wins the first fight, and, they, and like it's not going to be up to Canelo to wait. It's going to be up to Triple G to say – you want to fight now or you want to not fight at all? Because I, I hold all the cards now. Yep. So um, the bigger ch- challenge here is like, uh, you know, this is an HBO pay-per-view. And um, is it HBO? Yeah, it's HBO, pay- it's HBO pay-per-view. And, and HBO that, is about to get out of the paint, though. Say. Well, that's what I'm saying. Top Rank took their talent to ESPN. So things are about to get real messy in boxing right now to see who goes where, who fights who, and when. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I'm not sure when we see an Aaron fighter on pay-per-view again. I mean, why would you? Um, With that ESPN deal, I... I mean, you may have an ESPN pay-per-view. You may eventually have a uh, Terrence Crawford... Can pay-per-view. ESPN put on pay-per-views? I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> That's crazy. I just never see it. Yeah, like, I'm sure they that, could figure it out if they needed to. They just don't have anybody on the on the level that it's just like, I want to pay to watch him fight. Yeah. Love Terrence Crawford, but... Not there yet. Yeah, no. Um, I didn't watch the Cotto fight yet. You watched it? I did. Yes. I heard Very good nothing fight. but good reviews about Cotto. Now, people are talking about Mikey Garcia and Cotto. 147, if they meet in the middle, it's like, yeah. Cotto ain't making 147. I mean. Cotto's fight, he's fighting at 154. 154, yeah. Mikey ain't making one. He ain't going yeah, up to Mikey, 154. Yeah, Mikey just fought at 140. Jesus Christ, people. Like, where do you get this stuff? It's not happening. That's not happening. They were tweeting each other today. But I heard Cotto look good. I, I just still don't believe it. Like, Father Time is undefeated. And I thought he was washed like two years ago. So Miguel Cotto has one fight left in him, right? And he's fighting in December. It's just a matter of who. Uh, you know, Freddie Roach teased that it could be the winner of Triple G and Canelo. He don't want that smoke. Stay away from that. Uh, you, Canelo's not going to fight any real danger at 160. There's rumors that Cotto could fight David Lemieux, which a lot of people say, yeah, that's really interesting. But I think David Lemieux would beat up Miguel Cotto. Because David Lemieux is a legit 160. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's true. It's, uh, so I really don't know who you put him in there with. He's, he's a junior middleweight. Cotto said time and time again, he's not a 160-pounder. So you got to find somebody that's a junior middleweight. Other Charlo? Doesn't sell. Does um, anything sell? I mean, we know him more than the dude Cotto just fought. Well, Kama guy. I mean, the thing about Kama guy is, you know, he's an all-action fighter. If people remember a couple of years ago, Kama guy and Robert Guerrero went to hell and back in a complete yeah. brawl. But it's not Kama like he guy, sells. No, but he, I mean, they sold out StubHub. So, uh, Kodo and Kama guy was a good fight because Kama guy doesn't know how to quit, but he took a lot of heavy shots. Um, a Charlo fight, it could happen, but it's like, I think Kodo. There's there's a part of Kodo that wants to cash out. Is a part of Cotto that wants to go out on top. So you got to make your decision because you can't really do both. If you want to cash out, you fight the winner Canelo with Triple G, and you get beat the fuck up. Oh. 
You want to win? I don't even know if you fight David Lemieux. That's still a very tough fight. Cotto so, Triple G, if Triple G won, would be good money. It's just... Cotto would get murdered by Triple G. Yeah. Absolutely murdered. He's going out on his shield. But it'd yes. be a payday. Yeah, of course it's a payday, even though Triple G... St- I mean, if Triple G beats Canelo, now he's a household name. Because Triple G struggled to pay-per-views per- in the last. Yeah, but he'll go up. Past. Yeah, yeah, if he wins. Oh. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Let's take another break real quick, though. So when we come back, we're going to touch on pro wrestling a little bit there. And then uh, we're out for today. It's cool messing with this setup and you guys actually seeing us. It's an interesting dynamic. I'm going to have to start wearing like cool shirts every week. Shout out to Andreas for this shirt. Um, if you guys haven't seen it on social media, make sure you check it out. He'll have the link sooner or later. Everyone wants to On buy sale it. soon. Just hold it. Yeah, everybody's been hitting me about the shirts. Hold your horses. We got an actual official rollout. It's not a bootleg t-shirt that we got done somewhere. We got a t-shirt. We aligned with a t-shirt company. We got actually a promo video coming out. So, yeah, that's coming. So, stay tuned. Big time. Yeah. All right, everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100 day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know like 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner promo code. All right, everybody, here to talk wrestling. Uh, not too much going on, really. Look at this. Yeah, oh, man, Andreas. It's, <laughs> it's pro wrestling. That's why I'm yawning. It's not because I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's having G1 withdrawals. That's what's happening. That's true. The G1 is over. He's like, where's my wrestling? New Japan's not coming back for like two months till October. Uh, no clue what's happening with ROH either. So we're just stuck. On the E for right now. Um, before we get into the May Young Classic, which debuted this week, we're going to talk about Raw and what everyone's talking about: Cena versus Reigns. The promo, the contract signing, kind of came out of nowhere. They rushed through the feud, but this was worth it. And Cena just ripped Roman Reigns to shreds, crushed him, and Roman did all right with the comeback for a second, and then Cena buried that. Yo. They should, from now on, the WWE should know, do not put a mic in Roman Reigns' hands when he's with John Cena. Don't. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't put it where again. he has to go off the cuff. Or one person's yeah. going off the cuff. One person's scripted. Listen, John Cena's burial of Roman Reigns, because that's what it was, let's just be honest. 
if you didn't like Roman Reigns before, it wasn't like you're going to ever like him anyway. But to watch John Cena say things like, the only reason why I'm here is because you can't do your job. Oh, God, that was brutal. From there, I mean, <laughs> just talking about why the fans don't like him or things being handed to him. Let's be honest here, because like if we pick apart a lot of things that John Cena said, such as, um, you know, I worked hard to get here and you didn't. It's kind of true. Roman Reigns, every feud that he's been in, it's, he started at the top. Yeah. And every, every feud he's been in, he's kind of been carried by his opponent. Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, uh, AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. Yeah, it's like you kind of you look at how these feuds have played out. And, and like Braun Strowman, they've been kind of carried by his opponent. John Cena started when, like, first of all, excuse me, the WWE was, I don't want to say much more stacked because this is the most stacked roster, but there was a different level of talent. There was Kurt Angle. There was Brock Lesnar. That SmackDown was, brand was legit. That's what I'm SmackDown saying. SmackDown-wise, and Cena had to come in and carve his niche. Yeah, like, Cena didn't come in and was already on top. Like, Cena, you know, the ruthless aggression thing with Kurt Angle. And then, you know, he, he got thrown to the wolves. He was in there with Eddie Guerrero, like, almost immediately. Like, you know, he had his big show moment at WrestleMania for the U.S. title. But it took him a while to get to become John Cena when he switched over after he beat uh, JBL, the first WrestleMania I ever went to. And then he switched over to the Raw brand, him and Batista trade places. Then Cena was on top, and it was like this prolonged run. And then people were like, oh, you, you know, we were tired of seeing you, but he kind of earned that spot because he worked yeah. his ass off. Roman Reigns hasn't earned that spot. Roman Reigns has never – the only time that Roman Reigns was considered like a fan favorite was that one Royal Rumble where Batista won and everybody shitted on Batista. <laughs> and Roman kind of came out of nowhere to like eliminate everybody. That's yeah, like Roman 14 eliminations. Yeah, like yeah. if that would have been the push, that would have been cool. But even then they wanted what, Daniel Bryan to win? Yeah, because Daniel Bryan didn't even enter the damn thing. Rey Mysterio ended at 30, and people were like, what the fuck is this? Yep. But Roman Reigns has never been the guy. He's been really shoved down our throats. And that promo was indicative of everything that John Cena said. Like, you can't you can't even carry this promo. Learn how to do a promo, dude. This was your first decent promo in five years. Yo. <laughs> I, I, dude, they had to go backstage and Vince was like, come on, pal. Be easy on him. Like, I feel like they're doing this Casino obviously is taking a break. That's what everybody said. That he's what did you say? Transformers movie. Transformers movie, like, like Bumblebee or some shit. Christ. He's one of the stars of. <sighs> but yeah, um, I mean, it's Cena. He always has something. Good for him, but I get you know, I, I think this feud is they shouldn't have did it now. I can I can understand why it's happening now. Does he come back with that heat like towards Rumble? And can you build this heat back up between the two? I don't know. Like it's like I feel like this this burial was so bad. Like Roman almost has to be John Cena because it's like he looked so bad in this spot, and it makes you appreciate John Cena. If like if you're a true wrestling fan who's been following the company for for decades, or you know like I have since I was a kid, you appreciate what John Cena has accomplished. And when you see what he did to Roman Reigns, it was more of a testament to John Cena's ability and what he has done and. You know, going back down and making the U.S. title something that meant that had meaning, and um, you know, opening up against Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. When's the last time that Roman Reigns has been in an opening match, right? So it's like gifted WrestleMania matches, and John Cena was true. He's like, I've main evented a WrestleMania in five years, and you know, (laughs) yeah, since since he fought The Rock, yeah, and he and and, I mean, John Cena could have whined and and bitched about losing to. The Rock the first time, but I felt like it was the right decision. A lot of people were like, that was a bad decision. No, it wasn't. It was the right decision. People were sick of John Cena at the time. The Rock won. 
brought Cena back down to earth a bit and let him work his way back into the mix. And he's like recreated his character. He's evolved as a wrestler. Um, That's I mean, his biggest credit. Yeah, like. yeah. He's just he's just an all around great talent. He'll he'll go down as one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time. Roman Reigns, not so much. No, Roman. Like you said, better hope he wins. Cause I'm not sure what the end game was of letting Cena rip him. Cause Vince clearly knew. He was like, "Yo, just go out there." I, I don't know what the end game was. I don't think he knew how bad it was going to be. Cause like you can see Roman in his head fishing for his lines. Yeah, cause the lines were fed to Roman, but Cena is Cena, right? Cena's still one of those. I don't want to call it the last generation dudes, but when they actually let people go out there and just cut their promos. Like, here, yo, don't worry yeah. about that. Like, this is where yeah. you got to take it. Just do whatever you want. And those guys are really good at it. The Rocks, the Cenas, the um, Stone Colds, you know, the Michaels, the Triple H, DX type stuff. Back in those days, now that everything's hyper-scripted. And you have right. some people like Ambrose or um, Kevin Owens trying to break that trend. Right. So they're trying to get a little bit back towards that. But Cena's one of those guys where they're just like, yo, Cena, this kid's going to say this. Just come back with something. And he yep. ripped them. And then now there's just like, so what do you do? Does it remove all credibility? The guy just took a pin in a fatal four-way match. Before then, he lost to Strowman, even though he beat Strowman's ass after that in the ambulance match. But he still lost to Strowman. Um, Joe went over clean on him at a, on a Raw. And then now Cena's ripping him. What? Like, if this doesn't lead to a Shield reunion, I don't know what you do with Reigns. I mean, I still don't, I don't see the Shield reunion coming. I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't either. I just don't. I don't know. You're bringing him down notches with no plan of elevating him again. Right. So it's there's a challenge. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what you do with uh with Roman Reigns at this point. But he he kind of has to be John Cena, especially if John Cena is taking a break. Um, it seems like the only way to go. It just seems like no mercy is like Diet WrestleMania or Diet SummerSlam. Like they. This this is a Survivor Series match at the very least. It should have <laughs> yeah. been on the Big Four, but it is what it is. But it was fun to watch. Movie um, timetables wait for no one. That's gonna yeah. be a summer blockbuster, right? They gotta film it now. Yeah, I'm so going to come out movie. in July. Yeah, no, those, I haven't those watched one since the second one. They're bad, um, they but bad? they I guess they get make people a lot of money. So Michael Bay likes to watch shit explode. So there's that. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that's really everything else on Raw was like Sasha oh Sasha the title Banks again, dude. All right, they got no love for my bay. Like what is Vince doing? She can carry it as a champion. Let her go heel. Let her do something. Just keep the belt on her. Now Nia Jax is getting a push. I just don't understand. I don't understand it from the sense that why the fact that Alexa Bliss pointed out that Sasha's never defended her title successfully made it look even worse. <laughs> Like it made it made it like because it was something I never really paid attention to until she said it, and I was like, "Oh, well, that means Sasha's gonna win, right?" Wrong. She lost clean, clean, and it's like again, it was just like Neville losing to to Zawa for it to flop, go right back to the original title holder for to try to advance the storyline. You don't have to do that. No, you don't, you didn't have to do that to advance the storyline. I guess, you know, maybe Alexa was supposed to beat Bailey and then, you know, Nia was supposed to turn on her. I'm sure the injury changed things, but the title should have never came off Alexa Bliss if you were going to go there, bro. Stop teasing Sasha with these short-ass title ranges. Yeah, stupid. I mean, you're just stacking, so you can say, four-time champ Sasha Banks. 
Well, nobody even cares. No, just hold the belt. Have a run. That's what like, people care about. CM Punk had like a tremendous run, and that's what we'll remember. But yeah. these guys with like eight and nine title reigns, like even Randy Orton, his multiple title reigns, like nobody cares. No one cares about that shit. And he's up there with fucking, what, Flair? Yeah, like John Cena's Cena. one away from breaking Flair's record. And that's. And Orton's like one away from Cena. Yeah, so it's like, and that even John Cena breaking Ric Flair's record, you kind of roll your eyes because it's like Cena never really had an extended. Well, he had a decent title run, but Ric Flair used to have like monumental title runs. Yeah, and Ric you Flair, I'm saying? pretty sure, like is like 22 deep. They just don't count some of his titles. Yeah, they don't count like all the NWA title yeah, runs. No, like there's he, lots he's of like 22 time world champion. So yeah, to me, so, he'll always be the record holder. I'm like one of those guys who like Babe Ruth home run record. Like, no, he's always the home run king. Yeah. That, so, I just, like, with Sasha, it's like, she's got to have an extended run. So quit doing this to that girl. Oh, um, The Miz IC challenge, like, battle royal thing, I didn't understand that. Why is he going against Matt Hardy? Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Same shit. Should have been Matt. Like, I, I, I don't know. We still don't but, have the broken characters. I don't understand. They must be still going through that lawsuit and figuring out something. I, dude. You know, people are like, you're so critical of WWE. Yeah, there's better stuff out there to watch. I torture myself because I'm a fan and I watch it every single week. But It's accessible. <laughs> they they yeah, it's, really have that going for themselves. It's accessible, so we'll watch. Um, SmackDown, Owens versus Shane. Eh. So you can see that one coming. But eh. yeah, it's again, it's like the next pay-per-view for SmackDown is, I forgot. So, whatever it is, it's is it's it not... in L.A., right? No, No Mercy's in L.A. No um, and then I think Raw has a TLC pay-per-view after that, before Survivor Series. Okay. Can't remember what the SmackDown pay-per-view is. But whatever it is, see. like Shane and Kevin Owens, I don't care. Um, but you can see it coming like a mile away. Uh, but it's whack. Like those, I thought they reserved those for like SummerSlams, WrestleMania. Again, it's their pacing has been very strange on how they're doing a lot of things because now it seems like they're doing things just to run it back at Survivor Series, which I don't, I really don't understand. November's a long time away. It's three yeah. pay per views. Yeah. So. Oh, we have Hell in a Cell. Is the that's name. what it is? Ugh. Hell in a Cell with Owens. Well, they won't do a Hell in a Cell. They'll just do a straight wrestling match. Um. They yeah, might do Hell in a Cell. They might throw Shane off of the cell. Oh, God. We already did that. We don't need to see it again. Powerbomb off of the cell or some shit? They're going to kill Shane. I mean, and if you go Nakamura, Jinder Mahal, and the Hell in a Cell, I don't even understand that because there's really not a lot of heat. And then Randy oh, Orton. Oh, keep the stupid uh, Bollywood boys out. Oh, the Singh brothers? Yeah, that's what the cell is supposed to do. See, don't nobody care. Like... The, the the whole thing, like, so Randy Orton, RKO, Shinsuke Nakamura at the end of SmackDown. I don't know exactly what that means. Does that mean a triple threat? No, they announced a match for next week. It's on their social. Um, what, a number one contender number one match? contenders match. Randy Orton versus Shinsuke. <laughs> Nobody wants to see Randy Orton and Ginger Mahal ever again. No, no, no. So we kind of know who's going to win, and hence the RKO. It's, this is so stupid. And it's predictable um, booking. It is. It's just not. It's not good booking. It's not creative booking. Um, so yeah, SmackDown. Whatever. I, like both these shows, I watch them. But this is always that time of the year when wrestling goes through that dip, uh, where in some ways they try new things. Last year, Kevin Owens won the title, uh, but usually this is not 
there's 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 no WrestleMania thing. There's not SummerSlam's over. It's between now and the Royal Rumble, so it's it like seems like Lesnar's gonna go. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Strowman as the champion running through people, but I don't think Lesnar drops the title, so the title's gonna disappear. It's gonna be a full calendar year that you don't have your champion again. It's you can't weird. go through lows like that without a champion on television. I mean, Brock's been on television quite a bit the past few weeks, but weeks, but he's due to disappear again. Whatever yeah. happens, like these lows are just. Unnecessary. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much the WWE. What have you thought, real quick, before we get out of here, of the May Young Classic? Underwhelming. The first. Yeah. It's, it's, I, a, it's a large bracket. That's the first thing that jumps out. If it was sixteen, yeah. I think we would be fine. Um, the first four shows were underwhelming. It's not. It doesn't mean I don't have hope for the next round. But the first four shows were underwhelming. One, the commentary is trash. Lita is horrible and she has no chemistry with jr so that that kind of hurts it because it didn't you know if it was like moral and like Corey graves, graves it would have yeah. been fun but this has just felt like and then the matches have all been super duper short right yeah. um but with very anticlimactic finishes and then you have this weird mix of some really great workers like santana garrett you have obviously uh candace array mm-hmm. um and a lot of these other women then you have like some of these newer ones that when you watch them you're like ooh, she's super green like there's a lot there were a lot of there's not some necessarily, like performance center talent in there yeah but when they it, it, it didn't yeah. mesh well in the first round uh with this exception of the uh what was it, the tessa blanchard tessa and, uh, versus what was her name jesus why well, can't I think of her uh, name the japanese chick who's uh, honestly uh, the Oscar. yeah that was the best match that, first round by far like and they did it they, they had to do it to save the first round because yeah. tessa could have went on tessa's good enough to continue and she's a good wrestler but nah they needed that that one like who do we have we had cedric alexander alexander versus abushi in like the second round that one time yeah and we're like what the hell already and it just blew the show out of water they needed like, that like you have to have like some exceptional matches, but this is the first round with the commentary. I just felt like it didn't do a lot for women's wrestling. Let's just put it like that. It was cool, but like the second round, I'm looking at the second round bracket, and there's like there's a interesting match with uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, was that Sarah Logan won that match against Mia Yim? I think so. Like, so there, there's some interesting like talent. There's a lot of interesting ta- talent, obviously, but. Uh, uh, Nicole Savoy, obviously, you know, they, her and uh, Shayna were in the same crew in Shimmer. Yeah. So it's like, it'll be fun to watch some of these women progress, but they need more time and then we need more polished talent. I, just I think we're like going to get that. Now that we have like more yeah. of the 16 bracket, it should have just been 16. They kind of crammed the PC center chicks and some, you know, lower level, not lower level, but just to get more diversity from around the world. They right. kind of pick people from all over the world who may not have been ready. To just have different cultures represented. Um, right. And it expanded to 32. It should have been 16. 16 would have been perfect. There's 16 quality. I'd say what, there's 12, 13 quality women in this tournament. Yeah. Then you could have had three outliers. Just different. Like the, the bigger chick from Scotland or whatever. Uh, Piper Niven. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just throw some different body types, some different looks in there. Round out 16. Yeah, the, 32 is a little ambitious. Yeah, it was a lot. And like I said, the commentary, I hope it gets better because Lita's just, it, she just sounds like a, like a fish out of water. Like she's never been good. Either. Yeah, she's just not good. And JR, um, I hate to say his best years are behind him in commentary, but his best years are behind him when he's dealing with new talent. Yeah. Like yeah. If, he, if he's dealing with familiar talent. You see that in New Japan, talent, though, right? Like when he does yeah. New Japan stuff, sometimes we're like, mm, 
Yeah. All like, right, if it's know. new talent, he's got to do his homework. It's like he's not as good. But if he knows the talent already, you can clearly tell when he knows what he's dealing with. This, he just kind of was like, oh, okay. And, then, you know, it wasn't like um, Lita was helping at all. No. J.R. Morrow probably would have been a great combination. We saw that at SummerSlam. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Um, I have hope for it. I just think the first round was kind of a yeah, wash. I think 16 on would be more what we saw in the other tournaments. The other yeah. tournaments were 16 for a reason. Yep. And uh, sadly, a lot of the good talents already ousted in the first round, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, losing Tessa Blanchard was kind of a surprise to a lot of people, but... It made for a good first-round match. People got to give a reason to show up for the first round. Exactly. Like, not, we would have skipped that whole shit. Yeah, all trash wouldn't have been great for anybody, so... No, so they it did is it right. Um, we're done for today. It was a cool show. You guys get to see us when this is up on YouTube. We're trying something different. We're going to work out the kinks here and make sure we get this down to science. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. Check out the YouTube. It's coming. Look at this. We're taking big moves. We're daring to be great. We're like Conor McGregor. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't running out of gas though. <laughs> all right. So we're out for today. Until next time, we're gone. Peace.